Welcome to Leonard Lopate at Large. I'm Leonard Lopate, broadcasting from my home as I have been for the past month or so. Over the years, Lawrence and Alvin U. Bell of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn have inspired millions of hesitant do-it-yourselfers to take repairs into their own hands. Alvin served as the Household Hints and Safety Editor with Family Circle Magazine for over two decades. He was a regular on ABC TV's Good Morning America for five years and also on ABC's Talk Radio Network for five years. And we've been doing shows together for 43 years now. Lawrence is the President and Chief Inspector of Accurate Building Inspectors, and he's been a regular on these shows for the past three decades. They join us now to offer their expert advice to you, our listeners, especially valuable during these uncertain times of pandemic. And you can talk to them and uh, pick their brains by calling us at 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Alan Larry, welcome back to our show. Glad, uh, glad to be here. Very good to be here. This is the first time we've ever done it over the phone, so this is a kind of an experiment. Yes, uh, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> people are stuck in their homes, so isn't this a perfect time to tackle some of those home repair problems that they've been putting off? Well, since yes. the, uh, this ep- ep- epidemic, what happens is people are using uh, household cleaners, uh, uh, chemicals in order to get rid of the virus. Uh, this is uh, a good thing to do, but it has to uh, have some cautionary kinds of conditions before they start using different types of things. Uh, there are chemicals that are usable, that are wonderful, but you got to read the instructions. But before we get, get to those, I was wondering whether you could just go to your local hardware store if you decided to do something like uh, fix something in the house. Um, or, or go to Lowe's or Home Depot, as we were able to do before the uh, coronavirus totally changed our lives. Yeah, Larry, well, I I just... do, well I, I, let me take this one. Uh, I do believe that this is a good time to get all those projects done, or as I, this may, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, but it's, it's time to do that honey-do list. Honey-do this, honey-do that. Well, I've got a lot <laughs> of things done. I've gotten uh, a bunch of projects, putting installing a light, a light fixture in a closet. I've redone the deck on my on the back of my house. I've I've done a lot of things. Uh, even made a cutting board out of leftover lumber that we had in the house. So this is a good time. Home Depot and Lowe's are both open right now because they're both considered construction is considered essential services, and so these these home centers are now available for people to go in uh, again, you know, practicing uh, social distancing and wearing proper, you know, a face mask and gloves if you have them. Um, Unless you're the vice president, you can do that. Well, yes. And, and I'm just one, I'm just wondering, uh, I guess it's a one way street with some chemical, with some uh, germs, but anyway, getting back to what we're talking about is that this is a great time to get projects done. Uh, and it's a way to break up the uh, watching of Netflix and, uh, and and making yourself crazy over the news. So, Did you see that Netflix has increased its uh, its membership by a huge amount over the last yes. weeks? Yeah, I did see that. Millions. And, uh, yes, uh, this is, and they were starting to lose market share. So oh. this is uh, there are some there. I, unfortunately, you know, there are some winners in this particular situation. But for the rest of us who have way too much time on our hands, uh, this is a great time to get projects done that you've been putting off. And I think that, there, you know, there's a lot of small projects. You know, a lot of these small projects do take uh, a lot of time if you're going to do them correctly. So this is a good time to get that stuff done. Um, yeah, and if people call in with, with some of their ideas or have or need some uh, suggestions or advice, please call in about that. What's the, and the number, number again? 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Now, getting back to what you were saying, Alvin, I, I don't think we need to discuss the brouhaha over the president's suggestion that uh, uh, ingesting a dis- disinfectant might be yeah. a, a way to treat the virus. But haven't uh, many people been using 
isopropyl alcohol as a hand and mask sanitizer and you say well, that's that can be a problem that could be a if you don't you have to understand that alcohol is highly flammable and if you you should use it in a, a well ventilated area and you could you transfer the uh, uh, alcohol into a spray bottle it becomes a good thing to to just sanitate your your hands it's good too and also to sanitate uh, a mask or something like that. Uh, this, it's a it's a wonderful particular chemical, but caution is is necessary because if you need it, use it near a stove or even a candle, it will ignite and hmm. uh, it will do more damage than it do, does good. And you say that if it spills, it can cause staining or damage to some types of furniture fr finishes. That's, yes, it is uh, uh, because you don't know what the finish is. Sometimes there are some finishes on furniture that are alcohol. Alcohol, it happens to be the solvent of that kind of finish. Like if it was a shellac, uh, shellac, white shellac, or yellow shellac you, and uh, finish, and then all of a sudden you spill alcohol on it, you're going to get a big stain on it, which is uh, very complicated to remove. Now, many people are turning to drinking alcohol <laughs> because they've been... Uh, not stuck in their homes, but not isopropyl. What is the difference here? I understand that uh, it was developed by Standard Oil in 1920, not even as a rubbing alcohol, but for oxidation for acetone during World War One. Um, did they did they purposely make it undrinkable? I I don't know, but it, 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 on the bottle, some bottles have a skull and crossbones on it. When you see skull and crossbones on on any container, that's poison. <laughs> that's what it's trying to tell you. It's even used on, you know, if you have a cut or, or an injury uh, in order to prevent a person from getting an infection, uh, doctors have been using isopropyl alcohol on that. And as if you, if you have used it, you feel how it burns. That means this is a caustic, to some degree, solution that you should use it with caution. Now, what about liquid laundry bleach? Uh, uh, you can mix that with water, uh, but you don't want to drink that either. That's a good sanitizer. Yes, it's an excellent sanitizer, but also, again, you got to use it sparingly. About four to five teaspoons of, uh, of bleach to a quart of water. That's all you really need, and it becomes a very good disinfectant on almost all kinds of uh, uh, bacteria or protozoa or any kind of, uh, of uh, living creatures, uh, and including uh, bacteria. So you gotta really be careful by using it. That's why it's used in, in laundry uh, sanitation in order to make your whites uh, much cleaner and whiter. But now, you don't want to breathe it other... in? Hello? Alvin? Yes, yes. You don't want to breathe it in, right? It's, uh... You don't want to breathe, any, you don't want to breathe anything, uh, any of these chemical things, because hmm. it could be asphyxiating. Uh, the thing is that uh, people seem to think that by mixing chemical, mixing uh, different kinds of detergents together, you're going to get something more, uh, much, something stronger. But in essence, sometimes these things could have uh, very caustic uh, outcomes. If you accidentally spill these uh, mixtures onto your hands, you'll have blisters on your hands. Or if you, sometimes they they give off uh, fumes that could asphyxiate you and you could pass out. You got to be you got to read the instructions on all of these containers uh, as exactly the way that, but look, look for the warning signs of what's on that container and so and then follow it meticulously don't think it's just uh, they're trying to tell you how you should not use it they should tell you that you got to be careful these are not just suggestions these are actual these are actually directions and I want to say yes. one thing that we haven't touched on, but I do want to touch on it, is when mixing any chemicals, the only thing you should ever be mixing any of these chemicals with is water. Mm -hmm. Not mixing them with each other. You don't know what the reaction would be. 
like for instance the reaction between and we I know people sp spoke about it but it bears repeating is do not mix bleach and ammonia mm. if you mix these two together it can kill you it creates chlorine gas and we all know what chlorine gas can do thanks to uh, the Syrian army and so you don't want that in your house it can kill you it's nothing to be toyed with if you're going to make a bleach solution make it with water i believe it's uh, a tablespoon of somewhere around a tablespoon to or so or a quarter a tablespoon of uh, chlorine bleach to, to a gallon of water um i think it's uh what, what did we say it was like 50 parts to one uh same thing with ammonia you can water it down you know you can thin it down with water and if you're going to keep some of it, which you don't really need to do because how much are you wasting if you're only using a tablespoon, uh, but if you are going to save it, put it in a spray bottle or some kind of container, label it clearly, and also tell the people in the house what it is uh, so there is no confusion. And obviously, if you have children, either don't keep it around or put it away where they can't get to it. A, but, friend, yeah, uh, who live, a friend who lives in the country sprays his garbage cans with ammonia to to prevent animals from getting in there. And and that's fine, because I don't expect their kids to go playing in the garbage can. No. <laughs> um, but that's a great idea. It keeps them away. Um, ammonia is very good at keeping animals away. Uh, smells terrible. The, uh, yeah, it smells terrible. Uh, my sister, who lives up, has a place up in the country, uses it to keep the bats away. Um, so there are mm. different applications for this. But do the point of all this is do not mix things together, please. Yeah, yeah, we, we have a lot. Time. Wait, wait. Just let me tell uh, the people who are calling in. We have a lot of callers. Uh, be patient. We'll get to you in just a moment, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and a reminder that our number here is 212-209-2877. Alvin, you wanted to say something? Yes. I just want to let everybody know that the, the, the bar of soap or liquid soap that you have is an amazing product that dates back 2,800 years uh, before the common era. That's an amazing. And it's all it is is really a caustic, a caustic a soda or lye uh, uh, put together with animal or vegetable oils, and it's cooked in a little bit. And then all of a sudden, voila, you have soap. And soap works as an emulsifier, which coats the dirt and the, and the uh, viruses and then with a little bit more water, it washes it away. It is one of the best cleaners that lay people should be utilizing. Just plain, ordinary soap, no chemicals, soap, liquid, whether it's a bar of soap, it works wonderful. And just to go back to the whole thing about mixing things, even mixing bleach with lemon can cause a chemical reaction. Mm. Wow. True. Because lemon is an acid. Vinegar any of the acids, because it's a very strong base. So be careful. You're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM. And my guests are Alvin and Lawrence Ubell, our gurus of how to. And we are, are taking your calls. Our number again is 212-209-2877. Let's go to some of those calls. BAI, you're on the air. Yes, hi, Hello. you're on the air. Oh, good afternoon to everybody there. Um, yes. What's I, your name? I two things. Oh, uh, Russell. Okay, Russell, go ahead. Um, I have a, a toilet downstairs that, you know, even when I go to bed or whatever, you could just hear it, it like flushes like somebody's down there every once in a while, <laughs> going to the bathroom, flushing the toilet, and there's nobody there. It flushes well, by itself. <laughs> yeah. And I was wondering what that is and um, what I could do about that. That's that's the one thing. Well, have the question door. is, does it flush? Does it flush by itself, or all of a sudden it starts filling up by itself? Hmm. Right. Well, you're hearing it's a flushing noise. Yeah, it's a flushing noise. Or do you just hear it, it look like? Um, I don't know if that's a filling. I I don't really. I'm not always there when that happens. <laughs> Okay, so you're going to have to do you're going to have to do some kind of you know surveillance of this uh, situation. But that point, if it is just filling, it's probably because the flapper at the bottom of the tank is not seating properly, or it's leaking, or it's just deteriorated or leaking, and it needs to be replaced. The first thing I would do 
is before I would go replace it is I would shut off the, the water to the toilet where there's a shutoff valve, usually at the lower, as you face the toilet on the lower left side, you shut that valve off, flush the toilet a couple of times to empty the tank. And then at the bottom, there's a, a flapper that sits into a, 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 a ring or a seat and you clean that off. You can use some alcohol or some soap and water, but you want to clean off all the gook that's on that and that's on the underside of the flapper. The flapper is probably black rubber, and a bunch of black stuff will come off. Once you clean that up, then turn it back on and see if, if the flapper does not fall apart in your hand, that is. If it does, obviously you have to do a repair. But if it doesn't, what you would do then is then fill the toilet back up and let's see what happens. If that's it, that's the fix. If it's not, you may have to just go shut off the toilet again, remove the flapper, which is not that complicated if you're if you're if you're somewhat uh, handy, um, and take it to the hardware store and get a replacement. And it's usually about a five dollar five dollar item somewhere in that range. Okay. And your other question? Um, well, if my desk uh, drawer, the top drawer, uh, mm -hmm. it, it just doesn't. It just I pulled it out one day. You just can't put it back in, and I pull it back out. I put my hand all the way underneath inside, and uh, there's nothing really stuck under there. I was wondering, should I just spray it with furniture polish in there, see if it'll ease in and out? I don't know. And that's my last question. Alvin? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you have any thoughts I, on that? Sometimes drawers just seem to get misaligned, and then they're hard to put back. Yeah, um, I would try, you know, the furniture polish, if it does have some wax in it, would definitely help that situation. I would avoid using any kind of oily products because they usually don't work well on wood. But wax seems to work very well if you can, if you actually have a candle wax or something like that, like old birthday candles, and rub them into mm -hmm, the group. If do. this is a wood and wood group, if this is a, yeah. um, you know, a metal slider, then definitely something like WD-40, lithium grease, or something of that nature will, ver will, will help. But if it's a wood track, then it would have to be wax of some sort, and that would help. Yeah. Um, it also could be just the time of the year. It's just, uh, it, you know, as it gets warmer outside, this is starting to expand. We have higher humidity levels. We've had a bunch of weeks of rain on a regular basis, so that could be causing also the situation. To get it out, you might want to try hitting the, uh, a hair dryer inside the drawer to shrink the drawer, and maybe you can get it out, and, uh, and then analyze what the, uh, what the problem is. Okay. okay. Yeah, this wouldn't. Thank you. Thank you for calling, okay. and uh, let's take another call. The AI, you're on the air. Juanito. Hello. Hello. A problem with the mice infestation and some ants in the house. Hmm. Mice oh. and ants—they're not related, are they? You mean? Uh, to, do I think they're related? No, they're not related. Uh, they're two different issues, but they're—they're attracted—they're <laughs> not related to each other. And mm -hmm. the cause for it could be one or the other. I've been having some some success. I'm trying to find. The material I use while well, I happen to be at the house. Um, hold on. Uh, there is a chemical that I've used that is um, this baiting uh, situation where you apply a gel. Let me give me a second. Alvin, you can talk for a moment. Yeah. See, uh, well, any of the the thing is that the reason uh, insects of any type, whether it be ants or something like that, that comes into your house is that the, uh, there's something in the house that's an attractant to insect uh, uh, population coming in. Um, all creatures on this earth are always looking for food, and these uh, very small insects, if they detect some food that's in your house somewhere where cleanliness is not uh, paramount, you're going to have insects. Uh, I get calls about uh, questions about uh, how do you get, uh, how, how, where do roaches come from? And I usually tell them roaches come from other roaches. And the idea is that if you, have food in, if you have food in your house, the roaches are going to come and they're going to set up housekeeping in your home and they're going to populate in your home. So the idea is cleanliness is next to keeping, the, keeping insects 
and other vermin away. So I found that this product called, and I'm not advertising, I do not own stock, I just like the product. It's called Ad, Ad, Advion, A-D-V-I-O-N, Ant, and you can get it on Amazon or other places. And basically it's a gel that you put around the corners, the, you, know, in, you know, around the baseboards, wherever the uh, ants are prevalent, and the ants will crawl and eat the state, bring it back to their nest, and it will, it will uh, basically uh, kill the nest off. And so that may be the problem. I've, I've had success with that. As far as the mice are concerned, the mice are attracted to something in the house. I, I live in Staten Island here, and I found that the only time I ever had mice was when I actually had a bag of, of open grass seed. Who knew? Grass seed, they love grass seed. And so from now on, I never keep bags of open grass seed. That's the only time I ever had mice. I got rid of that, put a couple of uh, traps around, got rid of those, and I haven't had them since. Uh, they just going off of what is available to them as food, and you have to uh, have your lifestyle where you don't have that. But I found that, um, you know, uh, traps definitely work. A lot of people have humanity problems with glue traps. Um, uh, they are effective, but there is a humane uh, element to those. Um, and then what about that, the traps that have that snap? They're not well, they're, they're a bit inhumane as well. Well, they're quicker in humane. So, <laughs> okay, so like you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I hate to use the phrase, but pick your poison. Um, the situation is, is that, and then there are also traps where you can trap them and keep them and throw them back outside again. Um, uh, there are a whole bunch of different options there, but uh, I find that you, ha the the mice issue is more of there's something in your house in your apartment in your dwelling that they want, and you have to take that away from them. And that is the most effective way to do that. Okay? You, see, you, mentioned, you mentioned a mouse hotel, I guess that's what they're called. But the, of course, there is one other alternative, and that is to have a cat. That is true. The only problem I have with the cat issue is, first of all, you have to get a cat that was taught how to mouse. Uh -huh. And if your cat was never really taught how to mouse, they don't really do it very well. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I'm afraid that if you live in an apartment building where they have put out poison, a mouse, mouse or a rat could have eaten the poison, and then your, and your cat eats the mouse, yeah. and now you've poisoned your, your loving pet. And uh, so I don't, I, that's the one problem I have with that solution. But it is effective. If you have a cat that's learned how to kill animals, uh, it's, uh, it, it is an effective way. I have to say, as a cat owner for many, many years, it's very, uh, it's sobering to realize that this cat that loves and hugs and wants to be all over you, but you throw a mouse out in the middle of the room and it turns into a killer. <laughs> so you, so luckily, we're, we're, luckily, we're, luckily, we're too big for them to eat. <laughs> we're talking to Alan Larry U. Bell and taking your calls at 212-209-2877. Let's take another call. Hi, BAI, you're on the air. Uh, hi, Leonard. Hi, uh... Larry, I uh, have a problem similar to the previous caller uh, from what I could hear. I apparently have carpenter ants, and I spoke to Rutgers uh, Extension here, and they told me that they were attracted to moist wood, and that is indeed uh, where they are. I had a, um, a leak in the roof, and um, I I'm just... Uh, they. I discovered them literally on the ceiling. They had eaten through, and I uh, uh -huh. put tape over it. And I'm going to spray, but they're in like the eaves, like over. Could you the get closer to your phone? I'm sorry, we're not hearing you well. Yeah, I couldn't hear well um, either. I have carpenter ants. Any advice? Yes. Yeah. Continue. Okay, so uh, the, again, the issue with the you know the, the whole problem with ants. And it's termites, too, are similar issues in the sense that they don't really live inside the house. They live in a nest somewhere around the house. Um, and so you have to somehow either cut off the supply to the house or somehow poison and kill off the nest. Um, again, what about um, what I, about those things they sell in the supermarket? Uh, they're a little they're just these little plastic things that you put in places where the ants tend to go, cabinets and the like, 
Um, mm -hmm. Don't they don't they kill off the ants? Yeah, I I think they you know they're all pretty effective. They well they go the ants go in it eat them. I think that also has some type of uh, poison that kills off the nest. Um, but it you know you have to the problem is with most of these situations is that you'll kill off one or two or you know you'll kill off a bunch of them but then there will be a few that do survive you know that are immune to the poison that you use and then they and then they have offspring that also might be immune to the problem to the chemical you just used so you have to keep rotating chemicals um but i i am sympathetic to the gentleman is because i did have an ant problem for a while until i tried this particular um this particular uh, chemical like i said the Advion uh, seemed to have worked very well for me. So well, this is the time of year that that ants start appearing, and and so right. and stink bugs, stink bugs huh. as well. If you live in certain areas, uh, mm -hmm. I guess yeah, but, the spring brings those things. Yeah, yeah, but the carpenter, the carpenter ant problem, the carpenter ant problem is really uh, a, a big problem uh, that is is a result of moist wood. In the, in the house, and there could be a leak, or there could be some sort of capillary action that is taking place that is absorbing uh, water from the ground and everything else. So you got to carefully look at the structure to see how that wood is being treated if it happens to be carpenter ants, because they like moist, soft wood, and that's what they're after. Okay. Yes, that's what said. I'm also going to say that, you know, the, you know, uh, again, engaging a licensed, you know, exterminator profession, exterminator professional would might be, especially if this problem is somewhat, you know, invasive to your house and could be causing structural issues. And so I would want someone to come in and evaluate what the extent of the damage is. Even now with social distancing? Well, I mean, I have to say, you could still social distance a guy. You know, you could be socially distanced from the house, you know, even if the guy's in the house. Again, everyone wearing proper masks. But this is a situation that you don't want to go on because it can cause so many other problems where social distancing may be the least of your problems. Okay, so, you know, this it's like medical emergencies. Like we were talking about, we've all heard that people stop going to the emergency rooms and people are dying or having worse outcomes because they've delayed taking care of these issues. You don't want the same thing with your house. And so uh, if this problem is something that's been going on for a while, a professional, and a lot of times these things can be examined from outside the house also or in a, or in a basement that is rough or, you know, or, and you stay away from the, you know, you both keep your distance from each other and you both wear personal, personal protect PPE, personal protection equipment. Let's sneak in one more call. Hi, BAI, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Yes, are you speaking to me? Yes. yes. Oh, all right. Um, what? I have a problem. I'm an artist. I live in uh, Holland River Housing, and um, uh, I'm having a criminal problem. And if I open my refrigerator door, um, something comes on my skin, and it's like uh, itchy, burny. It's like uh, it gets into my eyes and affects my eyesight. And I'm this having your... a problem with tenants in the building trying to extort money. I'm an artist. They've stolen large amounts of works, and I've called uh, the police. I've called uh, the housing. I've called inspectors. I've called the attorney general's office, and um, these people are still here. And they're doing things that are invasive and criminal. Aside from stealing large amounts of my artwork, I, um, I'm 69, and these are young people. Uh, one girl is pregnant. She lives right above me with her mother, and they're part of the gang. And um, how do they? Let me ask you a question. How do they get into your house, your apartment? Well, um, if I'm not here, they, you know, they've done that. But I can't leave my apartment without having a babysitter for my apartment, and they go to my storage also, and they're but online, I mean, and they are doing public defamation of character, and their thing is to use chemicals. They're, you know, gang people. They use chemicals that burn 
uh, caused me to have scabs on my face, and the police came and uh, took pictures, but I couldn't go with them to the hospital because uh, I didn't have a babysitter at the time for my apartment. Uh, these are people who do these things every single day, and they're so so. You, so they, do they break in? Do they break in through your front door? I. That's what they've done, but um, I uh, the intercom doesn't work. And one time, my daughter had to go downstairs and order food. I told her not to, and in that short period, they came in and got things. Um, they are. I'm not sure this is really appropriate for a uh, home for home repair people, uh, but um, <laughs> Alan, Larry, do you have any things to to say? Yeah. Well, I would, I, uh, I, go ahead. I would I would say I would call the health department uh, of the city of New York and telling them the symptoms that you are having and what's going on, and I I find that sometimes the health department has much more power. Than uh, even calling three one one or or nine one one or four one one or whatever it is, uh, that uh, they come down, especially in, in an apartment complex. They don't want the whole building to be sick in any way, uh, especially not right now with the virus that's going around. Uh, I would try the calling the health department uh, uh, and getting some advice from them. Okay. Okay, well, uh, you're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM. WBAI New York, 99.5 FM. I'm Leonard Lope talking with Alvin and Lawrence Ubell of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn, New York. And we take your calls during these segments. But before we get back to my conversation with them, I'd like to take just a moment to uh, ask for your support for WBAI. All independent media are in a difficult position these days because of the pandemic, but as a small public radio station that relies totally on the generosity of our listeners, we're in a particularly difficult position. And that's why we're asking you, our listeners, to please step up right now and, um, and help us out. Go to our website, wbai.org, or call 516-620-3602 to help keep WBAI and this show, Leonard Lopez at Large, on the air. And one great way to support the station and provide us with the kind of enduring support that we need throughout the year is to become a sustaining member of what we call a BAI buddy. And you can do that by making a monthly contribution of any amount, uh, $10, $15, $20, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, $10, remember, $10 a month only comes to $120 a year. Uh, most people can see their way to that, although right now there is a, a problem in that regard. Uh, because uh, some people uh, have uh, had to uh, cancel their their buddy memberships because they've lost their jobs or, or uh, their financial situation has changed because of the pandemic. So um, please uh, consider becoming uh, a, a BAI buddy. Sustaining members allow the station to plan for the future, and and uh, they show the station how much uh, you want us to be on the air. Um, your contribution will help replace the gap that was created by all those people who have been forced, unfortunately, to drop out. Again, the number is 
516-620-3602, or you can go to our website, wbai.org. And please be sure to make that contribution in the name of Leonard Lopin at large, and from all of us at the station, thank you so much. And uh, going back to Alan Larry, uh, we have calls coming in. So are you ready to take some more calls? Sure. Absolutely. Okay, BAI, you're on the air. Oh, hello. Thank you. Um, okay, here's my oh, first of all, for that person who's having the problem with the neighbors and all of that, I would suggest that they get uh, a tenant attorney working on their side because attorneys can sometimes navigate the bureaucracy a lot better than you can. And maybe you can get a list of attorneys from Metropolitan Council on Housing, and they're listed, Metropolitan Council on Housing, and they can probably give you some advice on, on finding a tenant attorney. And they've been regulars on, on BAI over the years. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, the, 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 the Monday night program, um, what's it called, Housing Notebook, at 8 mm -hmm. o'clock on Monday. But, but with the fundraiser coming up, they usually preempt that program during the fundraiser. So, but try that, Monday night at 8 o'clock. Um, but Metropolitan Council on Housing uh, knows all these ins and outs and things, so they might be able to help, and they're listed in the book. Um, Okay, my question is uh, about plungers. Now, I had the hardware store send me a plunger, and it's just ridiculous. I call it newfangled, but it's been around for, I don't know, 20 years. It's got flaps, and it, and it folds out, and it folds in, and it doesn't work. I have not found this plunger to work at all, and I can't seem to find the, this plain old-fashioned kind. You know, it's a half a, it's a hemisphere of hollow yes, rubber. That's yes, all I want. It, and it creates yeah. a vacuum, and it creates suction, and that's how it works. And this other thing doesn't do anything. So well, do let, you, me ask you a question. <laughs> let me ask you a question. First, I have to ask you a question. What are yeah. you trying to plunge? Are you trying to plunge oh, a sink, uh, well, or are you trying things. to plunge I a toilet? I wanted to plunge both the sink and the toilet, and it didn't work okay. on either one. These well, little actually, flaps. For, for actually, actually, for okay. the, for okay. the, for the, for the toilet. I interrupt, <laughs> I most, people, yeah. most, people don't act, most people don't use the plunger correctly. The plunger is not to push the, uh, the debris down, but it's to suck it up. In other words, you've got to push right. the plunger That's down. That's why you need suction. There's no suction oh, on that thing. Yeah, but you got to push the plunger all the okay. way down until it's all the way down as tight as you can, and then quickly pull it up so it sucks oh. and breaks up the blockage that is in the pipe someplace. And the best okay. plunger to use, the best type of plunger to use or to purchase is really the ball type plunger that has a way of the, the ball on the bottom works very well with a toilet bowl. But if you have to use the same plunger on a sink. Those ball-type plungers, the ball bottom section folds up inside the cone of the, of the plunger, and then you could use it as a sink. But the idea is push it down very slowly until it's tight, and then jerk it up in order to get the food uh, out, of the, out of the drain. And this could be a problem. With sinks, okay, can I talk for a minute, sometimes, Alvin? Alvin, yes? can I talk for a second? Go ahead. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, the thing that you were saying is that you're not saying that it's working well. The, the, it's not working at all. Okay. It doesn't create Have any you... suction. It doesn't pull anything up, whereas the old-fashioned one, which is just a hollow hemisphere of rubber, and it's softer also, so it Have adheres you... to the surface. Yes, I know. And, and you can't find any in any of the stores? Well, I, I really haven't looked in too many stores. I had them okay. send me this one from from Ace Hardware, which I thought is a well-stocked store, and they don't have the other kind. So I know you're not averse to give. You gave a brand name before, so could you give me the name of stores that you know stock the old kind? Because I know that works. Um, Do you know any? I, Home, uh, Depot. Well, Home Depot well, has a whole host of them. And, oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to say that. Have you tried putting an application of Vaseline around the outer part of the ball so it Actually, creates a I didn't, No, I didn't okay. try that. I don't have any Vaseline, really. But when you well, see the ball, there's, there's little flaps that come yeah, out. The flap that, kind of, yeah, the flap what, what's that the point of like those the things? Flap, the flap that looks like a funnel, right? The flaps, they just they flip around helplessly. They don't do anything. And I noticed the rubber part, the ball part, is much 
harder rubber than the old rubber used to be. So it doesn't mm-hmm. stick to the surface. It lets air in, which is why I think I can't get a vacuum going. Sounds and to me that vacuum, you just got a bad can't... plunger. No, I have two of them, and they, neither <laughs> one of them works. Yeah. You, you, when you say get those, how do you get the flap, which the, the width of it, the diameter of it is, what, four inches or something, into mm-hmm. uh, a sink where, the, where the, um, the drain is two inches or three inches? How do you get it in there? You, you well, it doesn't it go in. It goes, if, it, if, it, if it's a sink drain, it sits on top of the sink, and then you but, just pull it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say there is a certain technique, but I've had the kind of plunger you're talking about. Right, um, the old-fashioned kind without No, the, no, no, the no, no. The kind oh. you have now, and I've yeah. had much success with it. So I'm, I, I'm not really sure what the issue is here, but I'm going to say another, uh, another place you could probably get them is, and I hate to say, you know, it's a horrible these days that, you know, we don't, we don't talk about them Amazon? anymore. Amazon? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so but we got to leave it there. We got a lot of calls yeah. coming in, and not okay. all that much Thank time. You very Thank much. you so much Thank for calling us. I'll try and good again. luck. Okay, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Mm-hmm. Yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, go how ahead. can we help you? All right. Um, I had I had some plumbers come in, and they replaced some old piping under a sink in my bathroom. And for some reason, ever since they did that job, whenever I flushed the toilet in that bathroom, which they didn't work on, I sneaked down from the drain in, in, the, um, in, the, in the bathtub in that bathroom. I hear, I hear a sound coming out from that drain which I had never heard before, before they did this work on the piping under the sink. Any idea what could be causing that? Yeah, they, you'll probably have a blocked vent stack. So, a, I mean, a blocked vent stack. And so the vent, the, the vent which connects all of the waste, fi- waste fixtures together to the roof so they can ventilate to the roof so sewer gases can be vented out is probably there's a block when you flush the toilet you have to turn on your radio or or run the sink it sucks the water out of the trap and you're hearing that gurgling sound uh the listener didn't turn down his radio so we're hearing double but uh i hope he got what you were saying we want i want to move on to another call because i also want to address another issue maybe i'll address that first larry because we were talking about people in tough financial situations, and many small businesses um, have gone to, uh, applied to the payroll protection program uh, because it was created to help them, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I've heard a fair number have been denied loans. Larry, has Accurate Building Inspectors applied for any of those loans? Yes, we did. We're a small company. We, we basically have six employees, and I applied to my bank. I thought I was in a good position because I bank with J.P. Morgan Chase. I figured here's a big bank. They would actually have access to these funds, be able to process my loan. And I got denied. I got denied. And there's, and the reason my denial was was that the said that uh, federal federal requirements prohibit them from issuing me the loan. I don't even know what that means. Um, there's no customer support with these loans. And as we read in the newspapers in the New York Times that the larger customers, like uh, we've all heard about uh, Ruth Chris, didn't even have to fill out an application. The bank did it for them. And with me, I couldn't even get someone on the line. It was, uh, it was a debacle as far as I'm concerned. And it's, it's really, I mean, I've been with Chase for probably 20 years now. And, uh, and this will probably, I will probably be changing my banking after we get through this mm-hmm. pandemic. Uh, because to not, you know, when you call them up, they just say uh, everything's online. We can't answer you any questions. And there's no one to talk to. There's no one to help you. And it's and they don't even guide you in what you might be doing wrong in filling out the process. So I've missed out on the uh, PPP, the first round. I've now applied with uh, 
two or three other institutions, one of which, and I'm very surprised, is American Express, who actually had a person to talk to and was a person guiding me through this. I haven't seen anything yet, but at least the feeling is, is that they care. Now, Larry, um, we, we're pretty yeah. much out of time. This sounds like a, yeah. another show, really. Uh, yes. But unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, yes. But my, my thanks to you and to all the people who have called in, uh, mm -hmm. Alvin and Larry, uh, Lawrence Ubell will be back with mm -hmm. us uh, in the near future. And uh, let's hope that some of the problems that we're facing right now will have been resolved. Yeah, I hope so. And if we need to talk about this again, we'll, we'll be more than happy to. Oh, we, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I was rushing. I'm sorry. Uh, you, maybe we can also, in case somebody out there uh, is, uh, has faced similar problems, maybe they also want to call in and talk about this. But mm -hmm. I think we have a regular, another caller who wants to talk about a home repair issue. Sure. Uh, let's talk about that. Okay. BAI, I, I'm sorry. I just looked at the clock wrong. Uh, okay. BAI, you're on the air. <laughs> Thank Hello? you for taking my call. Um, yeah, hey, what's up? All right, two, one statement and one question. Statement has to do with the, the woman who's an artist and called in from public housing. Recommendation, call Helen Rosenthal. Now, my question is... Um, and who is she? Got, uh, who is she and where is she? Uh, she's in Manhattan, and she's well, uh, involved with uh, various aspects of public housing. Okay. Okay. Uh, my question here is, recently Con Ed put in smart meters in our building, and these smart mm -hmm. meters put out a certain amount of radiation. I'd like to know how much is, is this dangerous? Is it, uh, it, is it something we have to be wary of? Well, actually, I'm not aware of, when you mean radiation, do you mean as in nuclear radiation or as in ra radio wave radiation? Uh, more in the nuclear uh, line of things. Not that I've heard of, and I will look into that. It really, because from what I understand, these smart meters don't even broadcast. They actually use the actual um, electrical lines to broadcast their information. So they don't even okay, have to. Okay, let me just but I'll look in there for. Okay, the, on, the what? Okay, the 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 one aspect that might be seen as nefarious is that it seems to link into light bulb systems and computers. It seems to communicate with them at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's, uh, from what I, my understanding is, that could be through the lines themselves, but I will look into it. I'm not as uh, well-versed on that particular aspect. Well, you'll be back soon, and we'll talk about it. Yes. But meanwhile, they probably couldn't it. check out Google, can't you? Um, yeah. Have, you, what have you, you can, found but Yes, I mean, this is what I found out from most part through Google, but um, speaking to you, maybe you guys might know more and how to remove these things. Well, well you, we actually, well, you, now we are well, almost out of time, and I want to sneak one more caller in, but yeah. the caller okay. has to make it very quick. Hi, you're on the air. Hello, how can I help you? Okay, uh, actually, that caller hung up, and uh, we, uh, we have pretty much run out of time. Any other Hello? advice you want to give us before we... Uh, oh. We end the show. <laughs> yeah, just oh. just everybody, just everybody, be safe. Wear your proper protective clothing when going out. Remember, once you take, you know, once you take your gloves off, if you wear gloves outside and you've touched your phone, clean your phone, clean your keys, clean all those little things that you don't really think of. Even if you're driving and you touched it with your rubberized gloves, but you've already touched everything, clean the steering wheel, clean the shift, clean everything. Alvin. Yes, and. Uh what we do is we're telling everybody to go forth and fix, save energy, money, and do it safely. Especially safely these days. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. Thank Be you. well, Leonard. And, and, you, and everyone else. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, if you're new to our program and you like what you've been hearing, you can access past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. We're also available as an iTunes podcast, and don't forget to follow our show pages on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website, letitlocatedlarge.com, where there are links to all of our past shows. And if you would like to send me your comments on this or any of our shows, you can reach me by email at 
leonardlopate at wbai.org. As I mentioned earlier, WBAI is currently experiencing major financial difficulties due to the pandemic, and we're asking anyone who isn't already supporting the station to please go to our website, wbai.org, or to call 516-620-3602 to become a member. That's 516-620-3602. For anyone who's able to lend us a little extra help during the pandemic, WBAI is currently offering something related to the pandemic, WBAI face masks, face masks that have a WBAI logo on them, and they're available for a contribution of $35. So you can stay safe while you're telling the world that um, the station you prefer is a, a WBAI, and you'll be telling them that with the face mask. Um, but... Uh, we, and we're asking anyone who's able to do that to step up right now during this difficult time if this station and the show matters to you. Now, $35 may not seem like a huge contribution, but if 300 listeners were to buy these face masks, and they are real, they're good ones, by the way, uh, that would add up to a contribution of nearly $10,000. So it's a great way to spread the word uh, uh, about the station while you're you're going to the store or walking the streets uh, because you know there are people who don't even know that we are back on the air the new york times reported that we were off the air uh, some months back but never wrote that we were back on the air so we need people like you to go out and tell the world what's really happening and uh, again uh, you don't have to get the face mask uh, it's just a nice way of our saying thank you. But uh, whatever amount you can contribute right now, because we have uh, been losing money uh, as a result of the pandemic, we hope that people who can afford it will step up right now and, and help us. Um, and I hope that you'll tune in tomorrow when our guest will be a Yale, Yale professor and historian Valerie Hansen. And she'll be discussing her really fascinating book, her latest book called The Year 1000, When Explorers Connected the World and Globalization Began. It's the sort of thing that we uh, we want to bring to you during this pandemic rather than only talk about coronavirus, although it's important to talk about the coronavirus and we've done a number of shows on it. But there's a, a lot of other interesting stuff out there and interesting books are coming out and uh, we are very proud to to be a, uh, a conduit for your learning about these things. So um, if you appreciate what we do here and you want to help, and uh, we hope that you'll, when you do become a member, you'll do it in the name of London Located at Large, give us a call at 516-620-3602 or go to wbai.org and become a member. And... Um, We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, hope to see you. I hope you come back. Bye.